Hello, and welcome to another episode of Absolutely Not. My name is Katrina Stroll. I'm a certified career coach and HR consultant, and I am your host. I created this space because I have difficulty setting boundaries at work, and I just don't want to anymore. I don't want to have difficulties doing it. So I bring resources onto the show so that they can teach me how to do it, and y'all can learn with me. Before I get started, I'd like to start by defining words that we use frequently on the show, the first being boundary, something that indicates or fixes a limit. So for instance, if you don't want to work past five o'clock and you tell your manager that, that is a boundary you are setting. Gaslighting, to manipulate someone by psychological means into questioning their own sanity. I'll provide an example that gaslighting is denying the reality of somebody's lived experiences and clear facts that are presented to you. That's what gaslighting is. Dismissive, showing that something is unworthy of consideration. So to be dismissive is considered failing to practice empathy. You are failing to be empathetic to your fellow human beings at work. That's what you're doing. Today's episode is entitled Naming Harm. I know it's gonna get real and I'm excited about it. My special guest today is Zach Nunn. He is based out of Houston, Texas. Zach Nunn is a big four diversity, equity, and inclusion consultant and thought leader with over nine years of experience leading cultural and organizational transformation in a variety of industries. As the CEO and founder of Living Corporate LLC, Zach amplifies and centers marginalized voices at work by interviewing black and brown executives, activists, educators, elected officials, and influencers which provides practical insight and that reaches thousands, majority black and brown millennial and generation X listeners a week. Despite all this, his biggest passions are his wife, Candace and daughter, Emery. Yay, welcome Zach. Hey, thank you so much for having me, this is an honor. Oh, and I'm so excited that you're here. Could you share a little bit about why you're excited to be on Absolutely Not? You know, I'm always supportive and excited to um, give my time uh, to any platform or space that is um, that one that black women um, are leading and controlling, uh, but that two uh, empower uh, those on the margins to be more of themselves and to um, just live as authentically as they can. So excited to be here. Oh, in that last part, live as authentically as they can that that is a shout out to everybody listening please do so um i love that you're able to be here and i love that this episode is entitled naming harm could you talk a little bit about why it's important to name harm yeah you know i think you know you got to think about just you know things happen to us right especially you know black and brown folks in the context of work and in the world uh, you know, you look at your history, you look at your life and, you know, it's easy just to kind of like keep pushing through things because we're a lot of us, I was taught just to kind of like, okay, well, you got to just keep moving and not necessarily pause and reflect on a thing that may have happened to you and what that thing means to you and how it impacted you. And uh, black and brown folks, uh, just by the nature of us being on the margins are harmed in a variety of uh, explicit um, in implicit ways every day. And especially in these contexts that are highly capitalistic and by nature exploitative and white supremacist, 
uh, and patriarchal and misogynistic, it's easy to be harmed in a, in a multiplicity of ways. And so just being thoughtful and, and, and intentional about naming the harm that you experience um, is important. And, and tell them, and you better tell them, because you describe so many harms in just that phrase that we are experiences every single day. And I don't think we have the words that you just utilized at our, um, at our convenience. We don't use them enough to call a thing a thing. Mm -hmm. That's what you're kind of encouraging today. Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And hopefully people that are listening can get the words that they need to name the harm. Mm. But um, how does boundaries help with that by setting boundaries at work? How are you naming harm? Mm. Setting how to setting boundaries. Yeah. So, you know, setting boundaries is important because, you, you know, you establish your own value when you set boundaries. Right. So you think about like property. So you know, you have like a big swath, of, you have a, a swath of land. You don't really know how much that land is, that a part of the land's value is like how much land there is, right? So you have to set boundaries around like, okay, this is my space, right? This is my space. And so this particular space that's gated off or fenced off, you can't come over here. Like this is, I own this and this is the value of this. Like, like you're, you're by setting boundaries, you are in a, you are to an extent declaring a certain amount of value because like you have to um, value yourself to create boundaries for yourself. It's easy though. Um, and it kind of follows like the meta narrative of like black treatment in America that black people always have, have not always had the privilege to create boundaries because we've often been, um, we've often existed at the good pleasure and expense um, of uh, whiteness and white people, but like the, so it's radical actually for marginalized people to, to create boundaries, to say, actually, no, you can't say this to me. Actually, when you, um, um, if you contact me after this time, I won't be responding. Um, no, I don't work on the weekends. No, I don't do this. No, I don't do that. Um, like setting those terms, uh, because in setting boundaries, again, like you're affirming your own humanity and your own dignity and your own value. And again, like, you know, we live in a nation that, again, is white supremacist. So white supremacy by nature um, seeks to invalidate the humanity of anyone who is not white, who is not straight, who is not male, um, who is not some type of Christian uh, or Christian adjacent. Like, so it's, so it's, it's a radical uh, concept and it's, um, what's, the, what's the other word for it? It's, um, it's an act of defiance. Mm. Oh my gosh. And these words are what I hear on a daily basis. Like, oh, wow, girl, why are you talking about setting boundaries at work? Like, that's something I've never heard before. That's something I've never even thought of before. And it's considered radical and defiant to the system that's in place. Mm -hmm. oh when you think about like, you think about like, you know, these systems, uh, like, so capitalism, right? So capitalism is like, it's, it's, its point is to exploit people for production, right? So boundaries um, just to the people in charge is gonna be seen as a problem because that's going to block, that's going to hamper production, right? Mm -hmm. um, if I can't contact you, after, if you're not gonna respond to me after 5.30, 
then that means that we're not going to, we may not get X done. So this grind culture of just mm-hmm. like, we're going to just work and work and work and work until I'm sick. I'm not going to take vacation. I'm not going to take medical leave. I'm not going to take sick days. I'm just going to work and work and work and work and work, you know, like that's, that's part of it. Um, and so, yeah, when you sit back and you create boundaries, you know, and you also see like, there's a correlation between the people that decide to create boundaries and for health for themselves um, and those who don't and who's seen as fav- who's seen favorably in the organization, you know? Yes, you can, do, and I won't even speak on that experience, but I did want to talk about um, <laughs> the word radical once again, just because mm-hmm. even when you call that or when that manager calls you at 10 p.m. and you're saying, hey, I will not do that. If they've never heard a healthy boundary set like that in a workplace before, they're mm-hmm. immediately gonna say, um, you have an attitude, you're um, behaving poorly. They're going to uh, throw that those labels on you just because of the healthy boundaries that you set. Could, um, could you talk about a time maybe that has happened to you? Yeah, you know, there have been times where I've, I've, I've been on engagements where, you know, I'm managing a team and my manager will tell me to tell somebody something, you know, give somebody a point of feedback. I don't agree with the feedback that they want me to give them. I say, you know, if if you feel that way, you can share that with them. <clears throat> but but I don't, but that doesn't resonate with me. Also, I'm just not gonna say that. I'm not gonna say what you just said you want me to say because it doesn't align with my values. So no, I'm not gonna do that. Um, you know, we've so you know that that's happened, it's happened more than once. And then, you know, I think the other piece is just around is around time and like this expectation of folks to, you know, you, you know, you my day is over at my day my day is over at six o'clock and you eat, you call me at five 45 and give me this huge assignment. And I say, okay, what's your, ter- what's your desired turnaround time on this? And you say, uh, well, we want it tomorrow morning. Right. And I'm like, well, no, that's not, that's not sustainable. I said, I'm not going to be able to do that. I can, you know, I can do, you're going to need, I'm, I'm going to need, need at least a day. Right. Like you're gonna have to give me, if it's Wednesday, you'll have this Friday mm-hmm. afternoon. Right. And we can review it when I get it to you, but it's going to be right when I give it to you. I'm not I'm not killing myself doing this. I have a family. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, you know, the, the repercussions for that have been uh, multivariate. Right. In terms of like, um, you know, some folks may say, OK, well, he has an attitude problem or um, he's he's this or he's that. Right. Um, and so to your whole point earlier about the things that they say when you do that, you know, or the, and just the narratives that organizations or leadership cultures can make up when they think that you're when, when they realize that you're not just a, a widget to, that can just be manipulated any which way. And we, that goes back to that grind culture, the culture that's being presented at that organization. Um, right. Healthy bound or if healthy boundaries are not available there, or there's not environment there that healthy boundaries can be set, then and you even stated this aligning with your values. Ooh, how important is that when being able to set boundaries or even going into organizations? How important is that aligning with your values? Yeah, I mean, I think it's just growing more and more important. I think there's been a lot of pieces, especially in light of um, uh, the pandemic, right? So you think about like just, I think for me anyway, this season has really reinforced to me just how fragile and short life is. And so, like, what's the point? really of like doing some work that I, I'm not passionate about or doing work that I don't believe in or doing work that doesn't doesn't fit my my long short or medium term 
life goals, right? You know, like this idea of just like, well, I'm just going to work because I need this money and kind of operate from this plate, this position or mindset of scarcity and fear. I think those days are, I think it's shifting. I think times are shifting. It's my point. I think that, um, I don't think that when you look at like Gen Z and certainly millennials, but like Gen, but Gen and Gen Z for sure, I just don't see then I don't see folks just working any old place just because they offer you a paycheck. Like there has to be more. There has to be value that that organization is providing to you directly and personally that is fulfilling and aligns with your purpose. Absolutely. Aligns with your purpose. And that is definitely something you need to figure out before going into organizations. So if you're listening, please write that down. Aligns with your purpose. Um, one of the things I also wrote down, which has been a reoccurring theme on my show, is you said operating out of fear and scarcity. Could you talk about how that would be detrimental to your mental health? <laughs> For, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, constantly being on guard or anxious about um, what may happen to you or what may, be, what may be taken away from you is a, a detrimental way to live, right? Um, you're not going to be at your best. Um, you know, those feelings compound. You know, um, you know, we talked about living corporate um, a little bit at the top of the intro. You know, one of the things that we do as a digital media network is we have a bunch of different web series. And so one of the web series that we actually have every Thursday, um, it's live, and then it's recorded on livingcorporate.tv uh, called The Break Room. And it's hosted by um, these four Black psychiatrists, psychologists, clinicians, licensed therapists. And... Um, they had an episode and they were talking about how the body keeps the score, right? So like to your whole question around like just how does operating from a position of scarcity and fear affect your mental health? It affects, it affects your mental health um, and that it creates anxiety induced stress, um, you know, all types of loss of sleep, appetite, um, you know, it can help, you know, build feelings of paranoia. And then also I mentioned, again, I mentioned the break room, um, the show, the web series, because, um, I believe it was Dr. Dr. Coleman uh, who said, you know, the body keeps the score, right? So even, even the things that you're like, okay, well, I'm fine. I'm gonna just keep pushing through it. Like your body is mm-hmm. tracking and, and carrying those stresses. And like, what does that mean for your mm-hmm. blood pressure, for your heart and for your, you know, like, what does that mean for your skin? Mm-hmm. Like, what does, it, what does that mean? And so, you know, it's important to, uh, to reject those things, like to, and to, and to, to really seek, um, spaces where that isn't your baseline of operations. No, operations. <clears throat> Excuse me. Let, I didn't say that loud enough. Baseline of operations. That really resonated with me. But one of the words that kept coming to my head as you were describing how you would feel if you're working in a detrimental work environment is hypervigilance. Um, with mm-hmm. somebody with multiple mental health conditions, that is a symptom that I live with on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. I can imagine everyone on the planet working in toxic work environments and all being hypervigilant. Uh, mm-hmm. What kind of what kind of life is that? It, we just could not- It's not sustainable. No. Um, so this structure that has been put in place for us is just not sustainable. I just, it's just not. Hold on, let me wrap my brain around that real quick. My goodness, it's just not sustainable. And um, as you described before, you're seeing more and more that it's just not going to be. Mm-mm. People just aren't going to fold under pressure and go into your broke ass organization just right. because you throw some money at us. Right. 
Oh my gosh. I'm going to clap a little bit for that because I'm excited about it. I'm excited about the fact that the next generation is just not going to do that anymore. Oh, I'm sorry. Excuse me. There's a, there's a lot of emotions. It's and just, I'm, just, I'm, so, show. <laughs> I'm, so, I'm so happy and sad that this is something that we've been putting up with for so long. And at the thought of that, there's so many people that look like me running around that hyper vigilant, just so afraid of everything all the time um, that they're not functioning properly. And it's, it's impossible for that not to infect, affect your whole life, right? Like you're not going to just keep it at home. You're going to keep that at the job. You're going to take that with you wherever you go. It's going to impact your other personal relationships. And that's, that's, you know, that's also a thing that, you know, you, it just isn't worth it. <laughs> Definitely not. But Zach, back to you as an amazing professional that you are, you sound really solid in your values and your boundaries and mm-hmm. that they, they don't sound shakable at all. And they don't sound like you're able to go into an organization that's not aligned with it. Could you talk about the, the first step you took in the process to become the person you are today? Hmm. <laughs> hmm. I, I think that, I think like for many people, life is shaped, you know, your, your values and your, you know, your, your core ethos or MO is really shaped by trauma, right? So, um, and the things that you experience and the things that you may see or learn or witness, whatever the case is, I don't know, like it's just, and I think for me, I've had a variety of just different um, racially traumatic situations in and outside of the workplace um, that have just informed like, okay, here's, here's where I'm, I'm solid at. And this is what I'm not going to, I'm not going to negotiate these spaces i also think having a family you know like having an having a wife and having a daughter um and, and i you know and my mother my my parents are from the south so i have fairly um um i was raised with fairly like traditional like southern black family values and ideas around masculinity and roles in the household around like what a man should be and like what what a and and how and 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 so and some of that I do believe is toxic and that's all just like a function of the patriarchy in terms of just like how much pressure we put on roles and and how we really dismiss um the function and impact of of women particularly black women um and I say that but I say that to share that like you know the way that my parents educated me um to talk about masculinity to talk about uh manhood um also you know shape my values right and um and just what and just what's important and so you know you taught you're taught certain things and then you those things that you're taught when you're a kid and those things that you see when you're a child or that you learn or hear about when you're a child um, those things are met with certain traumas and i and you know and and those early life lessons can kind of be like forged they, they end up forging real character as your life goes on. And I think that's what happened to me. Oh, um, so many emotions. <laughs> but one, just the common denominator in what you're saying is a lot of 
us is developed before we join an organization. And oh, 100%. Right. Um, and a lot of us are not taking that into account. A lot of organizations are not taking that into account. Um, mm-hmm. We're a whole ass human beings before we walk into your door and collect 100, that. 100%. In. 100 percent yeah so i'm glad that you were established in that and realized that um i myself am still kind of struggling in that just trying to separate what we have learned um traditionally like your work is you that's it right um and it's just not so and i'm so glad you're able to kind of talk about that today well you talked about you just said it yourself you're talking about um i think like right right before we start we talked about Brittany Mm -hmm. janae harris right and and um, she just dropped a podcast episode on Liberated Love Knows podcast, part of the Living Corporate Network. Hey. Um, and <laughs> and uh, it was about I am not my work, right? So like, while the things that I may do are important, I find them to have, they have value. Um, I even may find some semblance of joy in the things that I do mm-hmm. for vocationally. And those are things, I am not that, those things. Mm-hmm. And, excuse me. And I have value. Mm-hmm. I have value. I have value outside of all those things withstanding. We suspend all of that. I still have value and I'm still a wholly unique person outside of those things, outside of what I produce for your consumption, right? So that's really important. Um, like that's a, that's a really, that's a hard thing to, to, to learn because you have to unlearn a lot to really grasp that but yeah and I, it's so important that you you just said you have to unlearn a lot a lot of people are like oh i'll just throw some stuff on top of that learn i'll listen to all of the living corporate podcasts i'll listen to but no sis bro fam you need to unlearn some stuff you need to look within yourself and realize that the values you have in place are they shakeable are they movable right and what are they write right. them down uh take them with you write them in pen even if you have <laughs> If you have the time, um, one of the phrases you have used in this episode is declaring value. So declaring mm-hmm. your value, even before moving into the organization, even before taking that role, even before having that conversation with your manager, knowing, hey, I am this much. And mm-hmm. uh, no matter what happens in this conversation, no matter what boundaries I set, I'm still going to be this much. 100%. Oh my gosh. Do you know that just made me sick to my stomach saying that out loud? Saying I am this much. Oh, I'm about to cry. Uh, (laughs) And those are things we, I have to unlearn. I am this much. I am this much. I am this. Oh my gosh. Nope, not today. Hold on. (laughs) Ooh, clear hair real quick. All good. (laughs) Zach, thank you so much for bringing all of this into my life because everything that I talk about on the show is for me, but it's, it's for the community out there that needs it. So I just, I really appreciate it. No, I appreciate you. I appreciate your words. You know what I'm saying? We connected on LinkedIn, um, you know, after having, after I saw you write a post and I was like, man, that is fire. And I, and I didn't want you to feel like you're not by yourself. You know what I'm saying? Like your frustration and your angst and the things that you're, you know, just disillusioned by is you know you're not on an island at all so so yeah thank you you're doing you're doing your thing 
actually leave me alone um <laughs> this is my show but thank you so much for those words um i cannot thank you enough for that support and i think in a lot of linkedin spaces a lot of corporate spaces a lot of workspaces that community that we build within those spaces helps us to move forward there's a lot of gaslighting there's a lot of dismissiveness there's a lot of um <clears throat> unhealthy boundaries being set that uh, we need to be cognizant of, but our communities also help us remain cognizant of. So it's it's helpful and I appreciate it. Um, but back to setting boundaries, what are your go-to phrases for setting boundaries at work? Absolutely not. <laughs> That's not, not a, no. <laughs> nobody not gonna, I do. <laughs> I'm not gonna do that. Okay. Uh, so one of the best, one of the best boundary setting like phrases for really is just no, no. Nah. Like, I think like, that's another thing. It's like marginalized people. Like we spend a lot, we seed a lot of power. Like when we try to like over explain or give too much pre preface for something, just say no. Oh. That, do you have, do you have capacity to do that? Up? No. Mm -mm. Nope. No. Oh, and see that, that, that is also seeded in trauma because we feel the need to over explain we feel the need to justify we feel the need to just this is the whole project as to why spreadsheets as to why i cannot do this right now i'm so sorry i'm still a valuable asset to this team and organization mm -hmm. no it kind of goes back to my land example right so like when you set a boundary on your land when you said like hey yo like this is my like i'm, I'm marking out my i'm plotting out my land like it's a it's a firm gate Right. And it don't have a, it don't, it might have a sign on it like, yo, trespass will be shot or beware of dog. But it's not, hey, here's the, like, all the ordinances and everything I bought. I'm going to tape it to this gate. And, you know, please, if you can, after reading this, please honor this boundary. And I was like, yo, this, this is the boundary. I own this land. Don't come past this part. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh my gosh. That's, and, so I'm visualizing it and there's a fence. I ever I was in the military. So there's like a fence around the entire base. It's a raggedy ass fence. Like it's a raggedy ass fence. And but all it says on it is property of federal government, don't pass this line. And people will it's not. A, it's not because the boundary, it's it's the design of the boundary is like not the first thing. Mm -hmm. Like it's okay. Like, I mean, okay. It's just about like, oh, Yo, you're gonna honor this boundary, like. Mm -hmm. Or, or or don't, and there's going to be consequences, whatever those consequences are. Mm. And I think, uh, especially for me, I'm just super empathetic to everybody's walk of life. Da, 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 da. Um, so it's really hard for me when I say no, then I'm thinking of like, oh, okay, but what about their life? Da, 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 da. Then I think, overthink it. And I'm like, okay, I need to give X, Y, Z as to why I cannot do it. And here's also a homie that can help you do it because I could not do it. But no. It's no. <laughs> and, and if they say, if they say, well, um, why? Then you get explained why. Y'all can work on a solution together. And if you want, you can be like, hey, no, I can't do that. Here's what I will do. Right? No, I'm not going to do that. Here's what I'd recommend. Mm. You know, if you want to be helpful. Mm -hmm. I do that. I do that a lot. I do that a lot. Like, I'll be like, no, I'm not going to do that. But, you know, maybe worth you talking to this person over here. Mm -hmm. 
But sometimes I just say no. And just saying no is good. Ugh. And I think, um, so one of the questions I ask a lot of my uh, guests is, what are the reasons that people have difficulty setting boundaries? And we've touched on a lot of the reasons, but um, one of the reasons that comes up frequently is people pleasing. We, we want everybody in their mom to like us. I and have you had that before? Have you ever wanted- Absolutely, to- I'm, very, I'm very guilty of, I'm highly guilty of being a people pleaser. Mm-hmm. I like just seeking the validation of other people, right? And I think it's common, you know, again, like I'm not in the minority of marginalized people who seek white validation. Mm-hmm. It's very common to want to be validated by those in the uh, popular class and the majority class, those who have the power. Um, but um, that's just a very like limiting and self-defeating way to live too. Um, you know, it's like wanting people to kind of check off on you or say that you're doing good. Or pe- at some point, you got to be your own hype man. At some point, you have to you have to approve yourself and be at peace with like, you know, who you are and your mission and your purpose and and trust that. Of course, you have relationships, you have friends and loved ones, but um. You know, you can't be like, we can't be waiting for validation from these random people. You're fickle. Change your mind every day. <laughs> um, if you have been listening to this conversation, if you don't take anything else from this episode, please take Be Your Own Hype Man. Because I, I took that. I wrote it down. I'm going to put it on a post, uh, post it and put it on my screen for the rest of my life. So thank you. You're not getting quoted in my book if I write a book, Zach. So just know that. Oh, okay. You will not be. Okay. <laughs> that's fine. But I, but I really appreciate it. Oh my gosh. Seeking validation. And that's something that we, on a daily basis with LinkedIn posts, with our podcast, with everything, it's just something that's going to seep in there. That's why it's so important to be so rock solid in our values and our whys. It's so important. 100%. Man, okay. Um, lastly, for all the young professionals that are out there listening, what are the top three tips you have for them what, moving into corporate America, moving into spaces that they know they're going to be a minority? What are the tips you have for them in setting boundaries and being authentic? Yeah, you know, our first thing is uh, find a therapist and, and go. Oh, Lord. It's important you know, talking to somebody, um, even when you feel like you're okay, it's okay. Just to have conversations, someone that you can talk to, um, so that you can understand and see yourself clearly. And you're going to change over time and work is going to change you. Life just changes you. So like having a therapist, having some type of resource that can really help you process is important. That's the first thing. And the second thing is like to get in the habit of like, giving yourself space and time for yourself like you're young and so you know it's easy to like get into the habit of like just grinding yourself to the bone and you're young so you have the energy and time and space you don't you know if you're not married you don't have a kid you have a lot of time you have a lot more time than you probably appreciate but like spend that time investing in yourself so we talked about therapy but also like you know meditation or exercise or picking up something a hobby outside of work that you're passionate about really like seeking to like really affirm and center your identity in something tangible 
that again is not controlled by somebody else. That's important. And then the third thing, don't just say like read, read things. You know what I mean? Like read some books, you know, subscribe to a really nice publication like The Atlantic, you know, read things like be like beast, be like, know what you're talking, talk what you know and know what you're talking about. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and the way that you do that is by reading things, you know, pick a book, at least one book a year. I mean, I mean, that's, and that's very like, I mean, a book, a, a book, every, th- every, a book, a quarter and say, I'm a read. Um, you know, I think like the world, most Americans, like we don't like, we don't read and we're afraid of math. Right. So just read. And I'll be, it's going to help. It, it's going to, you'll, you'll be a better you. If you read, read something like read something, you know, pick a classic, like just read a read books. It's important. Those be my three things. And from all of those three things, I think the common denominator with those were um, growth, just your own personal growth and investing in yourself. Um, so often some of the growth that we're introduced to is for professional gain, for a monetary gain, for get this bachelor's degree so that you can move forward in this or make sure you have your master's so you can become a VP in this or um, all of the three tips that you gave were for yourself, for your own personal growth. So that's amazing. Yeah. The thing about it is like, there's always going to be people who say you need to go pursue and get this. And it's like, a lot of that stuff is theater. Like, I'm not saying like, if you want to go back to school, I mean, go back to school. Like, I'm not shaming anybody to go back to school, but like, a lot of the things that they tell young professionals to do, especially young black and brown professionals, it's just stuff that's gonna create more debt and more challenges, right? It's, they're, they're, these, they're these gates that we've manufactured. You don't need to go back to school if you don't want to. Like you would be way, well, way better suited, in my opinion, for me. I, so I had an opportunity to go and get my MBA. And like, um, I was almost gonna go full-time and then my stepfather passed away. Um, and so then I was like, mm, okay, my pause. And then I got offered a scholarship to go for the executive MBA program, right? Um, to a really, to a great school, to be clear, a great school. I was like, no, no, like, I don't need to do that. Like, I, I, I'm, I, I believe I can fulfill my, my mission and purpose by going to therapy and focus on living corporate and networking and building authentic relationships, right? Uh, but, and again, like it was the self-care that I was, I was practicing on myself that put me in a position and mindset to do those things and do those things effectively. So. Um, thank you so much. I don't know why the, t- I don't know why this time you said going to therapy makes me wanna cry, but um, I think it's just because it's not in- acknowledged enough that going to therapy is so, so, so much investment in yourself and just becoming a better human being. I, I cannot for the life of me understand why so stigmatized or why mental health practice, I just don't understand. We're all going to become better if I go to therapy. Like the people around me are going to become better. Yeah, real talk, 100%. I just don't understand. (laughs) I'm right there with you. Yeah. Um, so I just appreciate you consistently repeating it, I think. And that's why it's making me so emotional because, um, 
although I talk about my mental health journey so much, I don't think I project it enough onto other people like, damn, go find you a therapist or like mm-hmm. uh, go to therapy. But I think it, mm-hmm. I will start to like, that is an answer. That is a key. That is a resource. That is something that you should be utilizing. Go to therapy. 100%. Oh, man. Okay. Thank you, Zach. I don't know. <laughs> This is the part of the show where I open it to the floor. Anybody in the room can ask questions to Zach. He's in the hot seat for boundaries and he can answer any questions. He's a professional in setting boundaries. So he has you. So if anybody has any questions, please feel free to use the chat or come off mute and he'll answer them for you. I also awkwardly hummed in this part. Do your thing. Now, is this being, is this being, um, I know it's being live streamed to to um, to LinkedIn, right? It is not. Okay, just on Zoom. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Hello. No What's questions, up? but What's up, Aaron? Thank you. Not much. Thank you for for participating today. It was great to hear your perspective. Hey, man, it was a pleasure to be here. Thank you, man. I appreciate the kind words, man. Okay. Aaron. My pleasure. Thank you. <laughs> I do have questions. I have so many questions. Yeah. Um, could you give me an example of a time that you set a boundary at work and then a manager gave you pushback for doing so? Absolutely. You know, I'm a, I'm a new parent. Right. So I've had challenges where I'm like, Hey, look, I'm not going to be able to be on camera right now. Cause I'm, I'm a mess. Like my daughter just spit up on me or whatever the case is. I'm not going to, you know, and, and then people get upset. Like, well, we need you to be on camera. So, okay, well, I'm not going to be on camera. So what do you want? Like, you know, we got, we got to like, and I think, having a child has really helped me with my boundary setting because I, because you can't, you can't really, you can't really negotiate boundaries. I, I didn't, I, I, I have struggled to be, to negotiate my boundaries with my children, with my child, because that's my child, right? Like I can't really sacrifice that. And so that's helped me really stand firmer in my boundary setting is because I know that this boundary is important for creating a healthy environment and, and for me to be the best father and dad I can be, I need this boundary to be here. And so when someone challenges that boundary, I have much less issue mm-hmm. standing firm in it. Right. And oh. I, I have a son and he has unintentionally made me a better human being. I'm going to therapy for him. I am standing strong in my values because of him. I am standing up for um, anti-racism because of him, because I just could not imagine him having to go through this world without people like me. You know what I mean? Like, yes, this world, fuck y'all. Like I need a better place for my child to grow up in. Right, right. Oh, Oh my gosh. Okay, let me just sit with that because I, um, so often I feel guilty that I did not go um, in this journey before having him in my life. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't mm. so firm in my values. I wasn't um, going to therapy. I didn't get my shit together before I had him. But um, right now in this moment, I'm starting to realize it's okay. It is okay. Um, 100%. Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, uh, so you said <laughs> you set boundaries with your managers, and then they kind of laugh at you because uh, why can't you be on camera right now? Is 
did you just give them the face or do you say, uh, you just keep saying no, or how does that course of action go? Um, you know, like it typically goes like, 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 you know, the, the example I just gave it's that's super rare. Like that's like, that's happened like maybe three times. Like most people get it. Cause there's a bunch of, there's a bunch of parents working <laughs> from home. Right. So that's not really like, that's not like an ongoing, that's not a real, real problem. Um, and, and I would say that like, when it gets a little awkward, you know, I just tell them, I, I, like, I try to make it light. Like I'm not looking I'm not always looking for the smoke. It's just more like, oh, okay, look, I, this is what I can do, right? <laughs> oh, I love that. And I always encourage people that if you have difficulties flat out saying no, the first thing you can do is always like, okay, how can we agree upon, or like, what can we do to move forward in this? I'm just trying to move forward. Right. Like, I don't, I don't want to stay in this space no more. This, like you said, awkward space. So what do you want to do next? right let's figure it out together 100 percent. yeah and i think when you come to the table like that then people are more willing to like oh okay cool you're not trying to fight me as i thought you were you're right. trying to be a team member and move forward 100 percent. yeah oh my gosh see and that's um lastly have you ever been in a work environment where boundaries were not seen as something that, or you couldn't set healthy boundaries there at all. And then you had to make a decision whether or not it was time to go or not. Yeah, I was with a startup. Um, this was like several years ago. Um, really toxic environment, okay. racist CEO, and um, just made a decision, you know, that this wasn't a fit. And, um, and I resigned. Um. And I, you can go as deep as you want to, but um, what was the last straw? Um, he had, he like, he, he called, he called, um, he called me and my black boss at the time, uh, apes. And so uh, that was it for me. I just decided that, you know, I would be exiting, you know, I'd, I'd be looking for something else. Um, and so, uh, I wrote a resignation letter and quit. And um, a couple months later, um, another opportunity came along, and uh, it was great. And I've, I continued on my career; like it was, it was fine. The the audits, the, the wow. <laughs> And this yeah. is a real life, like this is something that has happened to you in real life. Like I 100, just, 100%. Yeah, I just, sorry, my brain is flooded with, I cannot believe people still believe that racism does not exist. Anyway. <laughs> right. Um, one, thank you so much for sharing that with us because you really didn't have to. So I appreciate you bringing that here. It's all good. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This has been great. Yeah, and um, and two, I am so sorry that happened to you. I am. Oh, <laughs> it's nothing. No, it's nothing you can do about it. Uh, it happened, and you know I'm thankful for um, the experience and that what it taught me, and, and and again like my values, right? And um, yeah, you move you move forward. Oh, and move forward. You did. You did. You definitely did. Man, I feel bad for that person. They lost you. They lost the gem. Right. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for being here today and for sharing just so much wisdom. Um, I could write a book just from this episode alone and maybe I will. I, 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 I will quote you in it. I've decided that now. I will. Okay. All right. Thank you so much. But before we wrap up for tonight, do you have any last golden nuggets that you'd like to share to anybody listening? Yeah, look, um, check out Living Corporate. Um, Living Corporate, just Google it. It's fire. It's a great platform and resource. Um, we have, you know, almost, no, we have like, yeah, almost 400 podcasts, another 50 plus blogs, a few dozen web shows. Um, like, check us out. Um, you'll appreciate it. And um, yeah, take care of yourself. Prioritize yourself. Um. And I'm one living corporate is amazing. The fact when I first got to your website, I was like, oh my gosh, who whose brain developed this to put all of this together to create this community? It's this man right here. Oh, for anybody listening, he developed it and created this space. And I'm so I'm just so happy that he was able to be on the show with me because people need to be involved in this community. It's an amazing resource for everyone out there who's feeling alone and like there's nobody out there that has gone through what they've gone through. I'll I tell you what, we have. And it's it, and he has a community built around it. So it's great. Oh, thank, well, thank you so much for being here tonight. And I cannot thank you enough for everything you have said, specifically that last part, prioritize yourself because uh, sis bro fam who everybody whoever is listening right now you need to prioritize yourself especially in these times like zach said uh fuck that job like uh, your family everything else comes first and um your mental health and well-being comes first you come first i cannot say that enough 100 um, <laughs> thank you so much this has been absolutely not again i am your um host katrina stroll my special guest today was zach nunn and i appreciate y'all listening in um we'll see you next time bye